gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Never Wrong Baby Ride Show. Happy to be with you guys all again here today. And today is February 22nd, the start of the second half of the NBA season. We are finally done with the All-Star break. You know, mixed opinions on whether there needs to be a revamp for Saturday night and whatnot with the dunk contest and everything, skills challenge, etc. We're not going to talk about that today. Today will be strictly kind of what we see moving forward, what our predictions are for the standings and the initial playoff picture and some some of the bigger storylines for certain teams moving forward and that kind of stuff. That'll be more of the focus of today's episode. Um, nothing further playoff related, nothing really at all, but uh, without further ado, let's just get right into it. So if we look at the current standings right now, right, um, in the NBA, in the West in particular, because I think we a lot of fans would agree that in the East, it's kind of a one-horse race. If we're being honest, right? It's mostly the Celtics and are the Celtics going to beat themselves? Or are they going to get upset, you know, by some team that is way more, way inferior compared to them? Um, but currently in the West, we'll start with the West and then go to East and then uh, West and then go to the East. So, or actually, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm calling an audible. I'm calling an audible. We're starting with the East first. So, you got obviously the Celtics at the top with a six-game lead, 43 and 12. They're gonna finish as the one seed. Let's just be honest here. That's kind of that's not really something we're debating here. Um, but when you look beyond that, that's when things start to get a little, little dicey, right? Because you have the Cavs who have been on a tear recently, right? Winning a ton of their games recently. The Bucks have struggled with Doc Rivers. The Knicks obviously were on a scorching hot streak, but then it seems like you know Randall's hurt now, Ananobi is hurt right now. Um they add Bogdanovich and Burks at the deadline. You know, the Sixers were started out really hot, but then you have Embiid go down. What does that do, right? Um, and then you have the Pacers, who added Siakam at the deadline, with Halliburton, who's been kind of on a minutes restriction, at least was on a minutes restriction. You have the Heat with Butler, who's away from the team right now. I actually don't know when Jimmy Butler... Let me see. I, I don't know if I saw them announce when he's going to be back or whatever. Um I never saw anything. Um, but regardless, he he was out for a couple games. Um, the Magic are still a very young team, and whatnot. And then, but you can see every one of these teams is just head and shoulders below the cat, below the the Celtics, right? And so, um, we're not going to talk about the Celtics too much necessarily, but I want to more focus on the rest of the of the East uh, per se, and particularly kind of that play in to top six kind of border, right? And who I think will make it, right? Because I'll, I'll give you a spoiler here. Here are my my the top of my standings, right? The top of my standings, I have the Celtics, Cavs, and Bucks. I'll give I'll give I'll give you that straight away. That is who I think will immediately be out of the play in the top in the top six. After that, gets a little interesting, right? Because you look at the Knicks, like oh, the Knicks have been on a tear, right? How would they not make it? How would the Sixers not make it? How would the Pacers not make it, right? Who would who would be in instead of them, right, and whatnot. And so here's what we have. I actually believe. Feel free to comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're not, um, get at me at Twitter if you're watching or listening on a different platform. I actually think the Miami Heat will finish as the fourth seed in the East. That is, that's what I believe. I just believe the culture there, the Heat culture there. Um, we saw the Rozier injury was not a long-term injury. We saw that, um, which is big time for the Heat. I think Jimmy Butler will be back fairly soon. I know he's dealing with a personal matter. I think it was a death, I believe, which is unfortunate. But he's dealing with that. I think he'll be back fairly soon. I think the Heat will finish as a four seed, actually. The fifth seed, I think, will be the 76ers. 
I think that they've proven enough throughout the year with the quantity of games that Joel Embiid has missed that they are capable enough, capable enough of staying afloat into that top six. Right now, the Sixers have a two and a half game lead on the uh, play in the non play in kind of barrier thing or whatever. I think they'll be able to be with all star Tyrese Maxey out there with Tobias Harris and whatnot, stay afloat enough um, to avoid the play in. The rumors are that, that Embiid will hopefully be back at some point throughout the year, whether that's regular season or start of the postseason. We don't know. Maybe it depends where they are. Are they on the five six border or six seven border or whatnot? Um, but I think the Sixers finishes the five seed. And then the six seed, right? It's kind of down to a collection of three teams. Is it the Knicks? Is it the Pacers? And is it the Magic? Because I would argue that those three are the, are the clear top eight. And then after that, you have the classic Bulls and Hawks and, and Nets and Raptors who are kind of just mid, you know, it seems like for the past couple of years, every time around 500 or below in this case. But I'd say I'd argue those are the clear top eight. Um, and when you look at it, I actually believe the Orlando Magic will finish as the sixth seed, which then bumps the Knicks to seven and Pacers to eight. Now, you're probably thinking, well, well Luke, why, why would you say that? The Knicks have been incredible recently, right? How could they possibly possibly fall out? But the Pacers, how could the Pacers possibly fall out? I'll tell you why the Pacers can. Because their point differential is, not the point differential, their defense is horrendous. The defense is so terrible. They're not going to, you know, you could argue they're going to put up 130 each game. But when they face quality defenses down the stretch in, in playoff-type games at the end of the regular season, I don't believe that they'll that they'll score enough points. And I don't think their defense will tighten up at all. Tighten up much either. Um, the Knicks—that's completely opposite. The Knicks. The Knicks have been insane defensively, right? After adding OG Ananobi, they compare him with DiVincenzo, with Randall, right? Hartenstein's been fine in there. Here's my thing with the Knicks. The Knicks' schedule is brutal. We just saw them drop four straight to end the break, right? They dropped four straight to end the to go air to go into the break, I should say. So that was what they that was what they did at the start. Um, exiting the break, have to factor in the fact that Randall is currently out with the shoulder, and Odin Ananobi is out with I think it was the, I think it's the elbow injury. Regardless, those two guys are those two guys are on slightly different timelines. But this schedule is brutal. You got the Sixers, quality opponent. Celtics, quality opponent. Pistons, that should be a win. Pelicans, quality opponent. Warriors, at currently quality opponent. Cavs, quality opponent. Hawks. Can be a tricky game. Not, not that's more of a gimme game than the other ones, but that's not a free game by any means. Magic quality opponent, Sixers quality opponent, Sixers quality opponent, Trailblazers that should be a win. Kings quality opponent, Knicks or Warriors quality opponent, and the Nuggets quality opponent. Out of their next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen games. If you include the Hawks, that's three games they sh they should like. Head and shoulders clearly, clearly win. Now you could argue that they might be favored in a fair amount of those games with when fully healthy. I'll tell you what: when not fully healthy, they probably won't be favored in a lot of those games, and they'll be much more challenging for them. Factor in the the difference in their uh, teams without you know Ananobi and Randall. The Hawks game is not a gimme either. I mean, so you're talking what? I mean, what they go. There's 14 games. We'll, 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 give them the, we'll give them the Hawks win as a win. So that's three. And then out of their other 11, they can go three and seven, maybe. No, or three and eight, maybe. That's, that's what is that? That's six and eight. I mean, like, 
I don't know. I, that's a real tough stretch. That means they have to beat the the Pistons and Blazers, which they probably will. I'm, I'm not arguing they won't. But man, I just you, you wonder. I think that this next stretch will be the downfall of them, and they will because they only have a three game lead in the standings. It's not like they got a you know an eight game cushion in the top six, right? And so I think that's that's one of the problems is that they don't have a, they don't they don't have enough of a lead to hold off those teams like the Magic and Heat. So that's kind of my, my big takeaway with the East and having the Pacers and Knicks drop out. Knicks, their lack of talent overall with injuries and the Pacers, their defense, I think will will haunt them. Because you look at teams like the Magic and the Heat, they're both allowing 110 and 111 points per game compared to the Pacers at 122, right? So I just, I think down the stretch, when we get into playoff type games towards the end of the year, the defense will matter so importantly Having Miles Turner as a rim protector is not not going to cut it, in my opinion. Um, so that is a large majority of the East. Um, you have teams like the Pistons at the bottom, Wizards at the bottom. Those, those teams like magically magically suck every year. I, I don't know how it's possible. Brandon Miller, I will say, one bright spot for this for the for the Hornets. Brandon Miller's like phenomenal. Looks great recently. That's a positive they could take away. Uh, the Hornets can. The Pistons, I mean, gosh, they're just they're horrible. I, the Wizards are probably worse. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the Pistons at least have Cade Cunningham, I guess, and Jalen Dern has been pretty solid. But the Wizards, what? I mean, you got Denny Abdi, who's been playing all right recently. I mean, you got what Bobby Marks labeled as the worst contract in basketball in Jordan Poole. Um, shout out to JP. Love you, man. Um, I, I mean, like – I. the Raptors, I, they're they're playing for the future with Scotty Barnes, trying to build around him. Um, you know, you get IQ and Barrett, just kind of whatever. The net, the net, okay, the nets are making me lose my mind. The the fact that you think that they think building around Michael Bridges as their number one is a viable option to build a championship team is beyond me. If I just pull up here, let me just so I don't get it and it's factually wrong. All right, I'll just rip off the top of my head real quick. Every team, whether you think it's a coincidence or not, every team to win it recently has had a Clear-cut, if not clear-cut, borderline top five player in the NBA that particular year. I'll go down the list. Nuggets, Jokic, Warriors, Curry, 2021, the Bucks, Giannis, Lakers uh, in the COVID year, uh, the bubble, AD and LeBron. You can pick either one or both. Uh, 19, Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors. 18, Kevin Durant or Steph. 17, Kevin Durant or Steph. 16, LBJ. Uh, 15, Curry. 14 was the one kind of, 14 is the one kind of, debatable one up to this point you know Ka- Kawhi was not a top five player I- I'd argue Duncan probably wasn't either at that time of his career uh so that's kind of an, that's kind of an outlier Nuggets or not Nuggets sorry Heat and Heat LBJ and LBJ right and then you get to the Mavs where was Nuwinski a top five player I don't know at that time of his career maybe maybe that's that's up for the debate but anyway you see a trend if you count if we'll, we'll count the Spurs as, as, as a not top five player that means from a, from 12 on, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. The last 12 years, there has been one championship one with a team that did not have a clear-cut or almost clear-cut top five player in the league. Coincidence or not, that's up for you to debate. I just think that it's it means something to have a top five player in the playoffs. Um, so that's my, that's my whole thought process with the Nets and Michael Bridges. He is, I mean... 
five first round picks you get offered that you already have picks in the Harden deal, the KD deal. Just reset the entire thing. Reset the whole thing. And I get it, right? Eventually, you can't just trade and trade and trade. You got to pick some guys to keep. I understand that. Five first round picks when your team is nowhere near competing for the, in the foreseeable future or keep Michael Bridges when you're still not going to compete in the foreseeable future just makes no sense. Deal those picks. Hope did hope you hope you suck for a couple of years. Hope to draft a you know a stud player in the draft, but draft the Tatum in the draft top three. Draft 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 Jason Tatum. Draft one of those guys. Build around him. Then use the excess picks you have left. Trade for a player like Michael Bridges again. That that's like my whole process with this thing, and I think it'll be a genius idea. You know, I'm still in for a GM gig. You know, Nets, you can sign me up. Sean Marks, I'm available. Um, or I think he's the GM. So Joe Ty, is that, is that is his name? Joe Ty? Joe Sai? That his name? Joe Sai? That his name? Joe Sai? Let's see. Nets, Joseph. Uh, Nets owner. Yeah, Joe Sai. Joe Ty. Yeah, Sai. I'm I'm available. I I can send you my resume if you'd like. I'm, I'm certainly available. Um, I don't I don't even need a blank check. Anyway, that's kind of my takeaway from the from the East. Um, like I said, we're not going to get into like any sort of playoff prediction type stuff in this episode. We're gonna that that'll be we'll dive into that way way down the line in the future. Um, but I want to go to the West now because that is where. Oh, one more thing before I get to the the West, or and the the I'd argue the biggest comparison is now do teams think that if you look at the west like do team do people really think that the lakers warriors um because of the mavs mavs or kings either one are really a true title contender maybe you do maybe you don't maybe you think that could be one of the top seeds maybe you don't that's up for that's totally up for, for debate but i can argue if you had to pick any of those bottom four to 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 beat one of the top seeds compared to compared to the the Hawks, Bulls, you know, those teams, Magic and Heat, you're picking the West. The West is just so much deeper throughout compared to the East, especially when you have one team that's head and shoulders better than everyone else in the East and the Celtics. That factors into it as well. But nonetheless, we're done with the East. We're going on the West now. Currently, you got the Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma State Thunder at two, Clippers at three, Nuggets at four, Suns at five, Pelicans at six, Mavs at seven, Kings at eight, Lakers at nine, Warriors at ten, and the Warriors have started started to separate themselves a little bit from the Jazz at that ten spot, and with with themselves with them playing well, it seems like we kind of have our clear top three, uh, or not top three. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Top ten, I should say. Um, those ten teams in whatever order will be competing in the play-in or playoffs, all in one, whatever you want to call it. So, if we use that information, I'll say what I currently have. I think that. I do believe that the Nuggets will finish at the one seed. Now there are three games back currently. I just I just think that the T Wolves will fall off a little bit towards the end of the year. The Nuggets with Jokic, he's Jokic is one of the rare superstars in the game that plays damn near every night. I, I like credit to him, shout out to him. I and this is not this has nothing to do with, this has nothing to do with the new sixty five game rule or whatever like that. The man plays every night virtually, which which is a huge advantage, right? They're a deep team as well, right? Shout out Peyton Watson, right? Um, but no, Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Surprise, Jamal's made. I'm you'd think Jamal Murray will make an all-star game at some point in the near future of his career. But anyway, let's see. I wrote it down here. I have the Nuggets finishes one. I do think the T Wolves finishes two. 
Um, I think the Clippers finishes three. Thunder is four. Now, I would for you, you could argue having the Clippers higher. My counter to that is that I'm not sure we saw it before the All-Star break. Kawhi Leonard out versus the Warriors on that Wednesday before the break. You get concerned. You don't want to harp on the past too much. I get it. But you get you get concerned that that just might be a trend going forward. That seems to be the narrative all the time with those guys, Kawhi and Paul George. They're never healthy. They're always hurt. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know if I can trust with the Clippers already clinched and already essentially clinched the top six with Harden after the Harden trade. Can I trust them to be a tops to be to fight for that one seed and not be like, ah, we'll, we'll take a game off, you know, call IPG, get your rest, rest up against whoever on a back to back night. I don't know if I can trust that. That is why I kind of believe that they will finish as a three seed and the four seed will be the Thunder, I believe. And because I just I think their size is going to catch up to them. I think their size will catch up to them with with Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams not being either of them a true force to be reckoned with down below or down in the paint and whatnot. Um, now the Suns and Pelicans are both tied at thirty three and twenty two for the five and six seed respectively. I think the Suns are the clear better team. And hypothetically, I know I I know we're not in the playoffs yet, but if the standings stay this close. We will get a playoff-like atmosphere-type regular season games as we wind down the regular season. And with that happening, I truly do believe that the Suns will will edge out the Pelicans um, if they were so that close for the top six seed. And I think that there's too much talent with Booker and Durant. I get it. Beal is the third guy. It, it's, a, it's a true two, and then, and then him. He's, a, he's the third one. And I almost argue that Grayson Allen has been just as important as Bradley Beal this year. You know, argue a wall with that one. Um, but with Booker and Durant and Booker playing every night, um, aside from the past couple years with the hamstring injury, but recently, this year especially, I just I I truly believe that the Suns will be easily in the top six. So that leaves the sixth seed for five teams. This is where it gets icy because you have the Pelicans who have played so well recently, but don't have any sort of history to history to back that up on. The Mavericks have played well with Luka. Kyrie has been in and out of the lineup recently. The Kings just are not the same as they were last year. The Lakers, you get word is how many games is LBJ going to sit out? You feel like LeBron is just going to be out. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's truly going to be hurt. I'm just saying, like, example, tonight against the Warriors, he's low managing. I don't know, or not, okay, load manager the loser. He might, he might truly be injured. I don't know. I get worried there'll be too many of these games where, like, it, for example, if tonight was game seven of the finals, I would bet you LeBron probably plays, I'm going to be honest. I, but because it's a regular season game, he won't play. I get worried there's going to be too many of games like this for the rest of the year where that they might not get there in time. That's my worry with the, with the Lakers. And then you have the Warriors, who have been awful for a majority of the year. They've, they're eight and two in the last 10. They've actually looked really well recently with Draymond coming back. Can you rely on Draymond to be there for the whole year? Also, Chris Paul's been out. That is that, does that, is that also a coincidence that they played well without Chris Paul? He's coming back soon. Will he, you know, being thrown in the lineup affect the minutes, rotation, the minutes, rotations, all that kind of stuff? That's also a cause for concern that I do not like moving forward for the Warriors. So having said that, who do I believe will be the will be the sixth seed and avoid the playing in the West? Well, if you know me well enough, I'm picking the Warriors. I, I'm not going to lie. Is there bias set? Of course. Of course there's bias. I'm not going to sit here and lie. There's not bias. I, there is. 
But it's not for no good reason. The Warriors, since Draymond has returned, have had the best defensive rating in the NBA, statistically. Their offense has looked well. Now, there's a caveat to this. If Chris Paul comes back and starts taking, taking away minutes from Pajemski, from Clay, from whatever, starts closing games with Chris Paul, I'm retracting this immediately. Another caveat. If the Lakers beat the Warriors tonight, the Warriors will not be the sixth seed. The, the game, today's game is so important, not because you beat the Lakers, but more so you virtually lose the tiebreaker with the Lakers uh, moving forward. So that that's the biggest thing. Warriors lose tonight. No, they're not, they're not the sixth seed. And I would I would argue it's Lakers, who I have is I had the Lakers at seven. I have Lakers seven, Mavericks eight, Kings nine, Pelicans ten. I just do not trust the Pelicans to sustain the level of success they've had, especially without I guess you count Zion, but I feel like Zion side note. I feel like Zion, the expectations aren't quite as there as when they was when he was initially drafted. But he never quite blossomed into that, you know, top 10, top five player he was like so easily thought of he was going to be when he when he just came into the league. I don't know. Just thought I had. Um yeah, it's just just a just just a thought I had. I don't know. That's one thing that I thought about though. But I just don't know if I trust them to have this level of success moving forward for a long enough period of time to close the last 25, 30 games of the regular season. And, you know, it might be, oh, bias Warriors, this and that, this and that. That's great and all. I, I, cool. The Warriors are five games out, but that's a skewed five games because we have not played enough games. We have played, we have played less games than all these other teams. Whereas if you, we have, we have four less losses than the Pelicans, okay? Which means we got to make up four games on them, which I believe is possible with the way the Warriors have played. Like I said, a couple caveats. Chris Paul comes back? Absolutely not. Um, any sort of injury to, to an important player with the Warriors? Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. So this is all based on a, a variety of things. Um, another, another thing that, to add to this, the Warriors, if they win tonight, have the inside track to have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. They win tonight, or will that? Not tonight, but just in general, they have the inside track to have the tiebreaker over the Kings. They still can have the tiebreaker over the Mavs. They have the inside track to have the tiebreaker over the Pelicans. You know, so like there's plenty of opportunity here. This is not just me yapping out of my rear end about this stuff. I, it's truly, there's some thought put into this. There's a lot of thought with a tad bit of bias that makes me come to this, come to this conclusion. Um, having said that, Warriors, Lakers, whatever, Mavs, like I would argue... It's not like any of the teams at the top, particularly the Timberwolves or the Thunder, added some juggernaut piece this offseason. I guess the Thunder, what, Thunder, Chet Holmgren, they added, okay? Anthony Edwards took, maybe you could argue, another step Anthony Edwards, maybe, if you want to argue. And this is this is not, I am not making a prediction here. This is more just an open conversation and thought. Are you, are, are teams, how confident are the teams at the top and fans in general, that the we'll say the T Wolves and Thunder finished one and two. What if they're matched up with the Warriors and Lakers? How confident are we? Like, what are the betting odds? Like, what's what's the line for that in terms of the series? You know, like who's minus who, who's favor? I, I I would argue this is like it, they both both the Warriors and Lakers would have the would have the best player on the floor, and also. If the Warriors and Lakers end up playing the T Wolves and Thunder, that means they clearly played well down the stretch to down the stretch to get into that position initially. 
I just find it hard. I just this to me gives total vibes of last year of the Warriors and Lakers coming in. Um, we saw it last year they were the Warriors and Lakers were kind of sitting back in the standings the entire year, made a late push to get to that six and seven spot. Warriors faced the Kings, who made the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. The young Kings team beat them. Grizzlies, young Grizzlies team, excited to have their best regular season in a while. And the, the Lakers go in and beat them easily. Like so. It's, I mean, it's it's not that, and I get it also. Regular season games mean absolutely nothing. I, I totally understand that. And I only know this specific stat because I watched these specific Warrior games. I cannot speak on the Lakers or any other team or Timberwolves or whatever, but particularly the Thunder. The Thunder are the two seed, the Warriors are the set, Warriors are currently the 10 seed. The Warriors and Thunder have played four incredible, three incredibly close games. Yeah, the Thunder are three and one against us, but. Three of those games involved a game-winning shot in the final second. So it's like could could have gone either way for either team. Um, a couple of blown leads in both those games. So it just this is not even a Lakers thing. I would I would I would almost argue that I would probably trust Luka Doncic and the Mavs more than the Thunder and the Teebles. I, I would probably trust them. The only team seven through ten that I would trust the T Wolves or the Thunder to beat would be the Kings, probably. And that would even be a great series. I, I like. I, I, I get, I get worried that this might be a kind of Kings last year type season for the T Wolves and Thunder, where they're borderline, a fake one, two, three C whatever, and then you have teams like the Clippers and, and Nuggets and Matt and uh Suns coming in. They are right, here, you know, get off our court, you know, type thing. You know, let, let the big dogs eat type thing. So, that's my concern with that. Um. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see this. See how that shakes up. Again, we're not picking playoffs here. Whatever, we'll do that towards the end of the year. But I will point out one more thing on here. Wet bananas, as flight says, or Wemanyama, the guy that I think is not horrible. I just don't like the guy. I think he's abnormally long and tall and kind of scary looking as a human being. Um, played well, played well recently. I'll give him that. He's been playing really well recently. He had a triple double blocks the other day. Credit to him on that. Um. But I'm excited to see. I saw rumors of Trey Young going to the Spurs. I don't know how bad those are in the summer. I'd be curious to see which team on I which team in the league on either side who has high enough expectations flops and which there's which team would potentially trade their star player. I don't know. You know, you wonder is could I I have to, I mean I know he signed the extension. Dame's been horrendous this year. You know, could I don't I don't see it happening personally. I don't think it will happen, but could Giannis want out? I don't know. Um I mean Clay might already be gone. If the Clippers flop again this year, I'm pretty sure Kawhi signed a deal, but would Paul George be on the be on the table to, to get dealt? Um I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm kind of spitballing here, but I don't know. What what does LeBron do? I mean he might he has a player option, but you could decline that and be a free agent too. So I don't know. A lot of a lot of weird stuff going on. Anyway, glad to have everyone back here. Um, we'll be doing plenty more NBA shows throughout the throughout the rest of the season. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you guys soon. Have a good one. Enjoy the rest of enjoy the rest of the second half of the season. I'll see you guys soon.